touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm Jonathan Strickland. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And we have a special person joining us this week. Special person? Yes. That makes it sound a little bit... Well, he's a special guest. There you go. And Excellent. he is special. He's very special. He is He is our good friend and yours. Uh, he's the guy who tells you the stuff that they don't want you to know, Mr. Ben Bowen. Hey, guys. Thanks uh, Thanks so much for having me on the show. I've got news from my co-host, Matt Frederick. Unfortunately, Matt is diligently working, uh, and right now he said he is here in spirit, um, but he, he can't be in here in person. Right. He he is actually he, – he had planned on joining us, and this mm. would have been a, a crazy four-person podcast, something that has never been attempted ever in the history of the Internet. Ooh. I, I, I'm not sure if that's – but, yeah, no, very impressive. Yes. At least, at least <laughs> absolutely not in, the, not in the history of tech stuff at any rate. Right. Uh, so – but unfortunately, yes, he, he is he is slammed. He, of course, is also a video editor. And uh, you guys might not know this. Uh, that takes some time. So uh, but the reason we decided to bring Ben in is because you may remember if you listen to this show often back in April, Lauren and I did an episode about Tor and the the deep web. Uh-huh. And at the end of the show, we said, hey, guys, would you like to learn more about how you can actually surf the web anonymously? And all of you said yes, yes. every single one of you. <laughs> In fact, yeah, some of you <laughs> voted more than once, uh, which we appreciate the enthusiasm. So we have been trying to find the right time to, to get together and have a discussion about what exactly it takes to really surf the web anonymously and and ben as we have all discovered mm. it's it's not it's not uh, just a simple thing that you hit a little switch in your browser and you're good to go yeah it's a situation where we quickly learn the difference between the concept of something being possible and the concept of something being plausible yeah it is possible to access the web anonymously finger quotes, if you're very, very careful and you take a lot of time and you do some things that we're going to talk about today, uh, it is not plausible that you will succeed. It's not plausible, certainly, the more frequently you access the web, right? Absolutely. Uh, right. Yeah, because the more times you need to do it, the harder it's going mm-hmm. to become for you to to uh, to sustain that anonymity. And the more you want to do, if you're doing like one thing that's fine if you're right. trying to browse netflix it's not really yeah, as a, yeah if you're logging into your netflix account really uh right we have some bad news for you <laughs> anything that involves the username password probably not really mm. the most anonymous of activities mm. but uh first uh, just as an overview yeah there are a lot of different reasons why someone might want to surf the web anonymously uh, right s- some are even completely legit yeah they're, they're uh, we can get the 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 ones the shady ones out of the way i mean obviously if you're planning on doing something that is uh, you know not strictly speaking legal yeah like uh lauren jonathan uh you and i matt decide that it's finally time that we rob that bank and then we say okay there are a couple of things we need to learn about banks and security cameras and escape routes and stuff right. like that we would want to surf the web anonymously but uh, that is, as you said, just something we need to get away from at the top because there are uh, so many legitimate reasons that people, not just in the United States, but around the world especially, would have to surf the web anonymously. Right. So, for example, one of the one of the ones that you hear over and over are journalists, reporters, mm-hmm. right? 
people who perhaps have to communicate with a source and that source needs to remain anonymous in order for this this uh, information pr- exchange to happen. Uh, or to protect their own safety. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. yeah. We could be talking about someone who's giving a, a, a very high level security leak kind of information that really has the potential to affect millions of people. This is kind of like that Snowden situation, exactly. right? Exactly. Glenn Greenwald and Edward Snowden. So you would definitely want to maintain that person's anonymity as well as, you know, the, the communications that are going on between you until you are ready to publish a full story. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, responsible journalists are going to be doing things like making sure that the information they get is as verifiable as possible before moving forward. So it's not like we're just saying, you know, this is a way for people to spread misinformation, although that <laughs> does happen. Right. Yeah. But it is totally cromulent for a journalist to want to have this kind of level of uh, anonymity when trying to 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 coordinate this sort of stuff. Uh, sure. Also, in the tech sector, for example, if you're developing a new a, a new piece of technology or a new iteration of a technology and you don't want other companies to know what you're up to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, we how many times have we seen leaks from things like a supply chain? Where oh, yeah. we learn about upcoming is Apple is probably the best example of this, right? right? Because everyone is so invested in learning what Apple's next product is that you've got an intense level of scrutiny on the entire supply chain from the point where they're mm-hmm. building the chips to the screens to uh, assembling the whole piece together so that you, you could have security totally locked down at Apple. And somewhere else along the chain, there might be a leak. Well, even that that extends even to just the research and development phase where people are using the Internet for, for legitimate purposes. And they don't want that information getting out there. They want to have as much secrecy there as possible, especially if people are aware like, hey, you know, Jim down the street. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Jim is like the head of product development for Apple's iPhone? Like, that would be. Like people will be like, oh, you don't say. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which is good that they're using such a non-suspicious voice to, yes. uh, to play yeah. it off the news about <laughs> right. Jim. Right, right. Uh, you sh- certainly should not be twirling your mustache as I was <laughs> right. doing. So there, uh, there are uh, a number of other reasons as well. And in many cases, uh, these are, these are things that might sound overly dramatic, but it really does happen. Internet access is not created equally by any means. Right. And uh, we're going to explore some things that might sound foreign to a lot of viewer or excuse me, a lot of listeners who are not uh, <laughs> who are not acquainted with this. And one of the one of the biggest reasons that people would need anonymous Internet access is something that's kind of um, personally important to me for people to have this right. If you're in a country where uh, government dissent is not allowed or where you can be penalized for going on, you know, the Chinese version of Twitter or something, sure. uh, then you need to be able to have some sort of safe way to do this. Right. And um, unfortunately, in many countries, there's not really a legal way to do this. Sure. Right? Yeah. So we have a like it, let's let's take the definition of human rights as say uh, would be defined by the united nations okay there are some countries out there that have have policies that kind of go against a lot of those definitions mm-hmm. and if you if you believe that humans actually possess these rights whether they belong to one country or another then you probably also believe that they need to have this kind of ability to remain anonymous and yet voice their concerns, their mm. thoughts to be able to assemble at least virtually 
and be able to to tell that they are not a lone person in a sea of darkness. This kind of stuff. <laughs> wow. I mean, it does yeah. sound like we're going dramatic, but yeah. this is um, the Arab Spring was. Oh, yeah, yeah. This. It, this is a literal situation that happens. Yeah, no, be, being able to share your ideas and also access information is so important. Yes, mm-hmm. and is denied to to many citizens of this world. So, and, and for those of us who live, uh, who are fortunate enough to live in places that at least ostensibly protect those human rights, right? Um, you know, there's still other things that we could become victim to. For example, just people who want to cause mischief or uh, hackers who want mm-hmm. to target you for one reason or another. Um, and it may not even be that they want to target you specifically, but you just kind of want to avoid all of that and cut down on all that possibility. You may just want to surf the web anonymously because there, there are only certain things you want to have access to. Mm-hmm. You don't care about everything else out there. Right. So it's not like you're going to go on YouTube and watch a billion videos. It's not like you're going to go on Facebook and update your status profile. All you want to do is be able to research something, read up on something, whatever, uh, and that's it. You might want to be able to surf the web anonymously just to avoid the possibility that you're going to run into, you know, troublemakers. Okay, but here's the question then, right? And I think we've done a great job showing this, uh, this need and this legitimate interest in anonymous uh, web use. Why is it so difficult? Why is it possible but not plausible? Okay, well, first of all, just the way the Internet works makes it really, really hard, right? Because in order for you to be able to get any information to your computer, that information has to ra- has to know where to go, right? Mm-hmm. It has to know what pathway to take so that it gets from the server where it lives on to your computer so you can see it. Now, this is... No matter what kind of service you're using on the Internet, if you're trying to access something, as long as you're not just pushing stuff out and you're expecting to get something back, it has to know where to go. Uh, the <laughs> the thing I was thinking of was imagine like you are trying to send a message to somebody and I, you know, like I, I want to get uh, a note specifically to Lauren. And Lauren has uh, happened to take a trip where she's all the way out in California. Mm-hmm. And the way I've chosen to get the message to her is I've written the message in code and I've left no identifying information on it whatsoever. (laughs) I've even, I've even used my right hand instead of my left hand to write the code. So my (laughs) handwriting is disguised. I, I then wrap that, that message up in a little ribbon, tie it to a helium balloon, let it go and hope that somehow the balloon (laughs) finds its way to Lauren, that she is able to decode the message, Mm -hmm. able to decipher, despite the fact that I've left no identifiable information in there about who sent the message, who it was who wrote it, and then in turn be able to respond in a in a similar way and send that message back to me where it just magically makes its way to me. Clearly, that scenario is impossible, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. The the real way that the Internet works is more like if the postal system was made entirely of clear boxes. Yeah. And and everyone passing the box along the route from you to whoever you're sending it to can see exactly what's going on in it. Right. Unless you've taken some kind of step to you or to encrypt it. Yeah. Right. Mm. So if, if you have an encrypted message, let's say that you've got a clear box, which inside of it is a, a an opaque box. So you know that there's a box, you know approximately how much information is there, and you know where it's coming from, and you know where it's going to because you have to have that address, or else the data just doesn't go anywhere. It would just, it would, you, it would go to that first stop on the internet, uh-huh. and then there'd be nowhere to go because you wouldn't have any information saying, hey, send this message to this destination. So because you have to have these IP addresses so that information can actually go to where it needs to go and get back to where it needs to get back to, 
that limits how anonymous you can be, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that IP address can be assigned by an internet service provider, and it doesn't have to have anything to do with whatever machine you're on, right? The computer you're using does not necessarily... It's not going to have the same IP address all the time. Uh, yeah, it's not like tattooed with a yeah, barcode right, or something yeah. like that. But Well, I mean, probably it literally is, but the <laughs> barcode is not its IP address. Right, right. So the, that IP address is going to at least have a general idea of the geography that you are in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and d- based upon your habits, what you use the Internet for, that might be enough. Just the general geography and and your pattern of using the Internet Mm-hmm. That could be enough to identify who is using the Internet, because the way I browse the Internet could be extremely different from the way, say, Lauren does. Mm-hmm. And I highly suspect it is. I imagine so. Right. They're Aside like, from when we're researching the same topic, in that case, we I think we find literally I, all I, of the same articles. I am pretty sure that I watch a lot more YouTube videos about families surprising their kids with trips to Disney than Lauren does. Uh, I think you guys are about one for one on Corgi videos, though. The yeah. Cor- Corgi yeah. videos, yes, are, I mean, they rank highly on both sides. But they're, they're sure, they're anomalies. <laughs> right. If you were only looking at Corgi video activity, then you might not be able to determine whether it's Lauren or whether which, it's me. Which is a great point because it goes back to uh, earlier we can all recall hearing the the big stink in the United States about um, the government tracking metadata. Yeah. And people would say, well, you know, metadata is not a big deal. It's just stuff like the address and the time. And and it's more the um, it, it, it's more like the measurement of uh, the pages of a book than the description of the story. However, uh, from that, the reason it's important is exactly what you're saying, Jonathan, because it is possible to build um, not just a profile of a mm-hmm. person, but to find the actual person yeah. from enough of that metadata. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, it, and it doesn't take that much, really, especially for particular types of metadata. For example, if you have a, like a zip code mm-hmm. and maybe a car make and model, well, that and a, and a gender, well, then you've really got enough information to really narrow it down to a handful of people because – you know, that you've got a population within a zip code. Mm-hmm. The gender will divide that essentially in half. Right. And so, how many of those people have a 2004 Camry? Yeah. And then you have essentially really narrowed it down to a very small number of potential people. This is why it doesn't really require that much personal identifiable information to track it back to a specific person. Now, there's some things on the Internet that are not necessary for the Internet to work, mm-hmm. right? Or like especially for web browsing. So, for example, cookies. Cookies are not necessary to make the web work, although you'll probably go to a page occasionally that says this website uses cookies. and Let us tell you how. Yeah, enable them so that this website will work the way it's supposed to. Cookies are just text files. They can include enough information that could be useful to the person uh, using the website to customize your experience. the, the, The intent is so that if you keep going back to the same website frequently, it already knows things that you do and do not need, and so it'll load much faster. It'll give you a more personalized mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. But it also means that there's some tracking that can happen there and it, mm-hmm. identification that can happen there. Mm-hmm. So turning that off is probably something you would want to do if you want to be anonymous. And we'll oh, go into more yeah. about that in a bit. Oh, Jonathan, welcome back to Amazon. Yeah. Uh, based on your browsing preferences. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. Here are uh, several calendars of corgis. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh that I just recently made a purchase, so I was wanting to see if perhaps somehow it was going to tie into what I actually bought. But oh uh, no, no, we were no, close, no. but not quite. Um, and then things like 
like uh, search engines mm-hmm. can maintain activity logs. Mm-hmm. So, and those will link back to an IP address. So let's say that you are using a, a, a computer, you've logged into the internet, your computer has an IP address, and you start searching for various terms. This kind of goes back to that idea of the four of us are all searching about robbing a bank. Right. Now, exactly. that, that information, if we're, let's say we're all using Google, because it makes it easier if we just go ahead and use an example. Mm-hmm. Google's maintaining this activity log of all four of us independently using Google to research everything there is to research about uh, robbing a bank. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later on, the law, law enforcement officials uh, subpoena Google to get those activity logs so that they can see who it is in this ge- geographic region that was mm-hmm. looking for this stuff. Um, you know, that's again, that's another reason why. Uh, when you start talking about really being anonymous using the web, you have to shy away from all the conveniences that make the web so useful mm-hmm. in in situations where you're not as concerned about your anonymity. Yeah, that's a really great point. And that's something that, oddly enough, we were exploring both on this show and on car stuff, uh, because there's this big idea about cars becoming connected to the cloud, right? right. Oh, right, sure. right. And, and the whole so, internet of cars knowing exactly where you are all the time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And Jonathan's been parked outside of this dance <laughs> club for a really long time. <laughs> He's <laughs> cutting a rug. And that's how Jonathan's car would sound. <laughs> and it's, yeah. I, I like to think that all my technology has has weird a- affectations in its speech. <laughs> I hope so. Because what else is the... It, what, the future would be no fun no, if we couldn't do it that. Would just right. be, yeah, it could all be like robot voice, but that gets old pretty quickly. Right. So uh, the um, the purpose of this, this great thing called the internet is inherently to share things that are easily seen. It yes. is not to hide things. So it's already... Um, it, it's already unsurprising if you think about it, that it's it's really difficult to participate in something that is all about telling people stuff. Yeah, in a way that doesn't. It's a communications you. platform. Yeah, exactly. And if you're if you're trying to be completely anonymous in a communications platform, that's tricky. I mean, there are obviously message boards out there that allow for complete anonymity. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, and complete, complete being an air and in, in, in air quotes, which um, work really well over the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's 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 definitely one of those things where, uh, you know, the the uh, anonymity kind of can inhibit mm-hmm. a lot of what makes the Internet so useful. So uh, especially in these are modern Internet times, yeah. like as the Internet has grown and, and big data has grown and. And all these things we've, we've been talking about, uh, websites storing information from you so that they can serve you better headlines that you're more likely to want to click on, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're evading the point. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good way to say it. So with, with this, we've, we've painted the difficulty. We've talked about the reasons why you want to do it. So for all the people who wrote in and voted more than once saying yes, tell me how to surf anonymously. Wait, what, what would they do, you guys? I'm asking for a friend. Okay. Well, then <laughs> your friend needs to know that if if your friend, uh, if he or she is truly determined uh-huh. to surf the web anonymously, he or she should be prepared to go to great lengths in order to do so, including if he or she plans on doing this more than once, not using the same device. Ah, burner laptops. I like it. Yeah. Step step one: don't use your own device ever. No. <laughs> yeah. Not not connected to the internet anyway. Yeah. Step one is don't use your own device. Step two is you probably don't want to use like a 
a mobile device that connects to the internet because Absolutely it's, not. it's likely registered to you mm-hmm. or to someone you know. Uh-huh. I mean, and most of them have some form of uh, way of, of identifying where you are. So even if somehow you magically have a phone working where there's not a, a direct link between you and the, the phone, the fact that it is going to be able to determine where it is geographically. Yeah, either, just pinging the tower. Right? Yeah, yeah, just cell phone towers, or it may have GPS enabled, too. That's going to give it even more specific location. Uh, sure. I mean, you can turn 3G or 4G or whatever you have. Mm. You can turn satellite service off on your phone. However, then you need to be connected to Wi-Fi. And you can't just connect to, I mean, you can't just call up Comcast and be like, hey, I'd like to get some Internet, but yeah. anonymously. Who uh, is this? Never yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good way to not get an account, right. not, that, not that I know personally. <laughs> the same thing is true about just Internet service providers in general. Like you're saying, like, like whether it's Comcast or whatever, whatever the ISP is. If you are trying to use your own, say, your own setup at home, then automatically your ISP is Knows going who to, you are. You know, yeah, yeah. They know exactly. They know which account it goes to at any rate. So, you know, that means that it's narrowed down who could potentially be the person actually doing the searches. Yeah. It's pretty much anyone who has access to your household. Which is why, if you're really trying to make this happen, ladies and gentlemen, you will need to find the most public computer possible. We're talking about libraries, uh, cyber cafes, uh, college campuses. Yeah. Yeah, you want to be able to use a computer where, uh, the real, first of all, there's a possibility that any number of individuals could have been using that computer. Exactly. Uh, Plausible is, deniability. Right, right. Yeah, it's one of those safety and numbers kind of issues that kind of comes up a lot in, in our discussion, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing. You're, and you don't want to use the same one twice in a row. So nope. if your session is over and then you think, oh, shoot, I need to go do something else, you probably need to go to a different site. In fact, a different site entirely, like not even on that same network would be the best choice for you i mean ideally the the scary thing is about this that the more you think about it uh the the larger the scale becomes because then yes you don't want to be on the same site yes you don't want to be on the same network do you want to be in the same city do you want to be in the? you know what i mean because it would be preferable to jump state borders really at that point which which is a heck of a long drive just to uh you know here in Georgia, other, yeah. Maybe you should try to surf the web anonymous, anonymously from Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. that's uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, and also, Let's do that, guys. <laughs> you would you would probably want to still try and hide the uh, IP address you're actually using, so you probably yep. want to use a proxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, proxies, by the way, come in all shapes and sizes. So some proxies you might see and you think, oh well, this is perfect. I'm going to go log into this proxy. Then from the the perspective of anyone outside of my browser, it's going to look as if the proxy is the computer that's doing all the searches, right? Mm -hmm. So, Ben, let's say you are in our bank robbery scenario. You log into a proxy. You start searching information because you're going to be the bag man. You need to know what a bag man is because you actually (laughs) don't know. You agree to it without actually knowing what the definition of the term was. Yeah, I just yes and it, and now I'm like the intern in this bank yeah, robbery. I mean, you didn't want to admit to the other people that you didn't know what a bag man was. No, I wanted to look cool. Like, I'm lucky I knew about proxies. Yeah, so now you've gone to <laughs> look up the definition of bag man. We don't yeah. have any dictionaries nearby, so you right. know, you're thinking, i got to get online. Mm-hmm. You log into a cyber cafe, and you go use a proxy so that 
instead it looks like the proxy computer is mm-hmm. the one that's doing the research. So that way, if someone ever starts to try and trace it back, they're going to go to this proxy, but they're not going to get to you. Right. At least in theory, because a proxy could very well, I mean, first of all, they know that you are using the service. Otherwise, mm-hmm. again, the communication can't ultimately get to your computer. It's just somebody else, to, to Lauren's earlier comparison, it's just somebody else carrying that clear box for you. Yeah. So if the proxy keeps activity logs, then there's the potential that law enforcement could trace back to that proxy and then serve a subpoena saying we want to see all the activity logs so we can figure out which individual user used this proxy service to get access to this information. And this has happened. This is not a theoretical thing. Law enforcement has gone to VPNs and to proxies Mm -hmm. and said, Okay, give us the paperwork. Tell us who was here at yep. 3.45 in the afternoon Googling Bagman. There's there's no guarantee either that uh, a proxy is going to encrypt information for you. So it may very well be that, again, that pathway leads to the proxy, but there might be enough information anyway for them to be able to identify that Ben, in fact, was the one doing all the searches. So uh, VPN tends to be a better choice because VPNs do encrypt a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, the problem with VPNs, of course, is that, first of all, you've got to pay into them. So, right. again, there's a connection right. between you and the VPN. Exactly. Um, and depending upon the VPN's policy, that may end up becoming an issue. Because mm-hmm. even if we're not talking about bank robbing, if we're instead we're talking about Ben is in a foreign country and he's trying to get a, a message out to his family, well, that's, an, that's an issue, right? Thanks for the redeeming example, Jonathan, but... <laughs> Uh, I've, why, why am I the guy? Why can't you be in Turkmenistan? Well, because I, I, I don't really leave my house. So oh, much. right. That's, you know, that's right. I think yeah. statistically speaking, you yeah. are of the three of us here, the most likely to be I in I could just see you like walking down Moreland, <laughs> taking a wrong turn and ending up there. I mean, <laughs> that's true. I have a terrible like, sense of direction. Like funny. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> he just hits a little wormhole and goes yeah. from, goes from downtown Atlanta, Georgia to. That's true. Uh, Some other country. Yeah, people do have to have um, communications that way. But even with all we've done now is we're talking about ways to um, raise the uh, to make it more inconvenient. Yes. To figure out for someone to track you down. Now, if you want to go the next step. Mm -hmm. So we're we're talking about you're you're using some sort of proxy service, whether it's VPN or an actual web proxy Mm -hmm. to hide. But let's say that you want to go even further. One thing you got to be concerned about is the computer you are actually on, ah. the device you're using at that moment. So if you are at a public place like a library and you're logging into a computer and you want to make sure that all of your activity on that computer does not stay there so that the, you know, let's say that they get access to the actual physical computer you used, yeah. they could track back who you are that way, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to be able to disable the cookies on that browser. You don't want anything coming back. You want to disable things like Flash and Java mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because these programs can often have uh, identifiable information sent along, stuff that doesn't even seem to be necessary for whatever it's supposed to be doing within the context of the web page. Right. Disable all that. If you really want to go super spy, then you should also probably load a program onto like a USB flash drive that will allow you to boot the computer into a separate operating system than the one the computer natively runs Mm -hmm. that is specifically geared to allow you to log into something like Tor, the Onion Router. So uh, there are such things. There are such devices uh, that or such programs you can put onto a USB device. Like 
uh, the Amnesiac Incognito Live system, also known as Tails. Mm-hmm. That's a Linux-based, stripped-down operating system. Really, all it's meant to do is, you know, you would lock, you would turn the computer off, which is already going to be an issue in a public library. Trust mm-hmm. me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You plug this USB thumb drive into the into the port, turn the computer back on. It will boot from the USB. So instead of running its normal boot mm-hmm. system, mm-hmm. it'll go to the USB for it. Load this stripped down OS that's just launching this Tor uh, uh, interface, and then you could access what it, you needed. Turn everything off again. Unplug the USB. Turn it back on, and then you're gone. And you're wearing gloves. <laughs> you have even the first idea that you might be. You yeah, you, you probably exfoliated thoroughly to get rid of all possible. Uh, you should probably shave skin. all of your body hair. Yeah, straight yeah. from uh, the clean room. Right. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like we're being silly, but no, if you seriously are talking about doing everything you possibly can to preserve anonymity, this is like the level of extreme you have to go to because mm-hmm. there's so many different ways to leave behind traces. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really glad that you said that because when when we talk about this this booting up and this turning off a computer and having to turn it back on, uh, one thing that a lot of you are probably realizing out there, uh, listeners, is that some libraries will check for an ID. Uh, it's true. We can, again, scale this up. Maintaining anonymity requires more than just the use of software. Uh, consider a closed-circuit television. Yep. Right? And this this sounds like some tinfoil stuff to people, but uh, just for uh, comparison, one of the most observed populations in the world is the population of the United Kingdom. According to The Telegraph, there's one surveillance camera there for every 11 to 14 people. Oof. Yeah. So wow. that, that means that no matter what you do, uh, just in your day-to-day walking, even if you never leave your house. And, and, yeah. and I, I should tell you that there's a fair percentage of those cameras that aren't connected to anything. But there are enough of them that are huh. connected to something that, yeah. If you, That's if a really you, good point. There are dummy cameras. Oh, there absolutely. are a lot, yeah. a lot in the UK. But yeah. that, that uh, is one of those things. Like if you... If, Panopticon, it's great. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, because if you think you're being watched, then you're more likely to behave yourself. That's kind of creepy. That's the idea. But and, that's totally the idea, right? Um, so. Sure, sure. And just because you happen to live in a country that doesn't have such a widespread governmental program does not mean... I mean, here in the US, there are cameras everywhere, but they're mostly privatized. Yeah. Uh, right. Or, I mean, some cities do have a lot of traffic cameras or stuff like that on a local sure. level. But... I I mean, but also the number of cameras that are watching you every time you step into a mall or Disney World or anything like that yeah, are just a the, lot of cameras. Or just the cameras that are owned by private citizens that aren't doing, they're not trying to observe you. Yeah, they're, 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 just they're taking the selfies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're taking selfies. Yeah, no, I'm just talking That's like really people who are point. just, there's stuff where, and this, you have no idea what kind of uh, a security they may or may not be using. Right. So that information may end up becoming public publicly available because they're uploading it to Twitter or something. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. If, if if Ben is down in an internet cafe searching for whatever bank robbery related stuff he's searching for and <laughs> Matt across the, tre- across the street is taking a selfie and yeah. it's like, oh, hey, isn't that Ben? <laughs> yeah. Right and, there? And he's, and, he's, and he's tagged his selfie as my bank robbing adventure with Ben. But yeah. that, the, the cat is out <laughs> of the bag, man. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. That's nice. All right. Uh, but that's, that is a really good point. So if you wanted to be completely anonymous, one of the things you would have to worry about is your appearance and how it would look. So as silly as it may sound, uh, it'd be better to vary your appearance while you're accessing these different sites, yep. which just sounds bizarre to me. If, if, if I had to do that, 
yeah. if I had to be anonymous, if any of us had to be that anonymous, right? Wouldn't it be time for us to really sit down and have have a come to say a moment with ourselves? <laughs> yes, I, I would about, definitely need to start questioning my life choices. Yeah, like what led me to this point where I can't let anyone know that I'm looking up a recipe for scotch eggs and or in whatever. Fact, if yeah. the world itself had reached that point, then you sit there and say we have become one of those dystopian science fiction novels that I used to love. Because I thought of it as a warning for what the future could be, and now the future is that. Mm-hmm. Then, then you have a serious like, okay, what now moment. But uh, beyond that, I mean, you also have to think about the other devices that you own and whether you, you probably don't want to carry them with you when you're oh, going. Oh yeah, yeah, great call. Like, you don't want to have a smartphone with you, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, you certainly don't want to wear your Fitbit. Yeah. Yeah. You don't that. want to, you don't want anything that's got Bluetooth on it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we didn't even mention this, but I, I should go back and, and point this out too. When you go and you're using some other places, uh, uh, internet, uh, let's say that you do have like a super cheap notebook and you're just going to use it this one time. You, you've planned it out. This is right. This is, you're, you're going to send some messages. Uh, maybe you are in like a foreign country and you just you have to get this information out mm-hmm. and this is this is your best chance. If you're going someplace that's using Wi-Fi, then you also have to remember there are programs that can sniff Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. So it's essentially the, they're looking for the messages that are going between your computer and the the uh, the wireless router in that business. Uh, right. You, you want a hard connection for better. Yeah. Well, hard connection is better or uh, you want to have a way of making sure that you're encrypting any information that's mm-hmm. coming between your computer oh, yeah. and going to the router. Like yeah. if it's encrypted to a point where anyone listening in, uh, you know, they, they can grab the data, but they can't make sense of it. Yeah. Then you're better off, which is probably realistically the best you can hope for. There are some fantastic encryption programs out there. Um, there are also some fantastic code breaking programs out there. Right. And there are some that are classified. We don't know their capabilities. Oh, yeah. And, it's, it's always an arms race with yeah. encryption. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and that's just the nature of it. It pushes encryption forward, but it also pushes hacking forward. Mm-hmm. For example, the fact that now we have uh, graphics processors that have multiple cores. That's what a lot of hackers use to try and break encryption. They just, they, they write up a program or more frequently, they download a program that mm-hmm. someone else has written. That will do a brute force attack, but they're doing it by dividing up the attack among multiple processor cores. So something that would traditionally take, you know, a hundred years for a computer to crack because you've got other processor cores and they can all work on it in parallel. The more cores you have, the less time it's going to take you to actually break that encryption. That's kind of a scary world, but it's, it's the world that's that, you know, it's, it's one of the trade offs of having this amazing technology that lets me go online. And get my uh, my my avatar blown away by a sniper for the eight hundred and thirty second time. Hey, that guy's camping. Don't be yourself. Yeah, it's a legi- legitimate strategy. Though, yeah, so. it is. It is. But it is this not Camp- camping is not a legitimate no. strategy. Oh my gosh, are you the sniper? Have you been anonymously? Actually, actually Lauren is the sniper. She she likes to go to the end of the map and in a nice little crow's nest area and pick people off. I circulate okay <laughs> well that's that's true sniper tactics though that's right how you, snipers you, work you that fought, is. you fire and then you change locations yeah we kind of got off on a tangent oh well here. <laughs> i have something important that we we should remember to say in this yes. that, I, that i forgot one of the uh biggest disadvantages let's say everything works out 
you have a uh, spot on disguise and and there you are in your poncho and your sombrero at the library. Yeah, with monocle. In your monocle. <laughs> and your crazy makeup to prevent yeah. any kind of facial recognition technology. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because forget eight and a half yards, right? right. Let's yeah. do this if we're actually yeah. doing it. Uh-huh. And there you are checking out your um, your bank robbery stuff or whatever it is Matt's doing over there. And then you say, <laughs> uh, then then you say, oh, okay, I'm in. I have X amount of time that I can spend here. And that's when you realize that accessing the web anonymously is pretty slow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, because yeah. you're routing that traffic through a proxy or a VPN before it even gets to you. Mm-hmm. That does end up adding a lot of time. So if you're using something like Tor, if you've ever used Tor, yeah. then you may think like, oh, man, this is just crawling today. But that's because... That's just Tor. Yeah. The the process that Tor uses, go back and listen to our Tor episode if you, if you want to learn more about it. But the process it uses, while it is uh, a, a pretty secure um, approach, uh, recently we found out that not necessarily completely secure approach. Dun, dun, um, dun. But that that does take time because mm. it, instead of it going from the regular route it would across the Internet, if you were just using the surface web, it has to do all these jumps from one node to the next through a, a circuit of nodes before it can finally get to you. And that's on top of just the regular traffic it would normally do oh well luckily you're you're not again you're you're probably not browsing corgi videos via tour no Um. i hope not because (laughs) you will be waiting far too long for the adorableness to come and hit you in the face or at least that's what big corgi wants you to think you guys (laughs) big corgi (laughs) that's 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 both terrifying and and just absolutely you know awe it's just so fluffy yeah Yeah, it's it's a it's a slightly shorter clifford the red dog yeah spoiler alert i welcome our our corgi overlords (laughs) corg overlords yeah corgo lords so we'll work on that one (laughs) at at any rate the the message you have to take home here is that the internet is meant like ben said as a communications device as something where people are accessing and sharing. And in order to do that, you have to give up some anonymity in order for it to be effective and easy to do. It doesn't mean that you absolutely must give up all anonymity. Mm -hmm. It does not mean that you cannot, at least upon occasion, uh, do your best to cover all of your digital tracks and have a reasonable expectation of being, you know, pretty much under the radar. But in order to do it, as like that's the way you access the web it's really not practical yeah it's it's not practical at all and for everyone listening in this um first i want to say guys thank you so much for having me on your show oh, thank you for it's, coming on yeah the show. it's always it, it always makes my day um and i want a special message to any of your listeners i hope you guys already know this incognito mode just doesn't leave a trace on your computer right yes everybody knows what you're looking at yeah yeah (laughs) no i mean yeah because the router that your computer is going to it everything is clear like you know you the when you type in www.corgisrobbanks.com it the router knows that that's the website you went to your isp knows yeah everyone knows and they know which ip which which Mm. computer looked up that information the only thing that is is being wiped clear is your browser uh right that's just so that other people in your house cannot immediately access the information yeah like of where you've been jonathan's got a real corgi problem and i'm gonna prove it by looking at his search history (gasps) 
oh, he's been using incognito mode. Foiled again. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the only time that works, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. for that machine. So I just wanted to save anybody the trouble. And also, disclaimer for anyone uh, listening in that might be working for a government agency, I have not planned to rob a bank, nor do I ever plan to rob a bank. <laughs> Uh, I do, however, have a soft spot for corgis, and yeah. I'll, I'll I'll go on record with that one. Uh, I mean, Ben actually helped produce an episode about why you shouldn't rob banks over on Brainstuff. It's the perfect so, cover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you you just You're ruined ruining it again. everything. Ben. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> yeah. Well, once once you do learn the definition of bagman, it'll all just kind of fall into place. Well, Ben, thank you for for joining us, and uh, also. Guys, if you haven't listened to stuff they don't want you to know or gone to see the videos and uh, the incredible work that Ben and Matt are doing, you definitely got to check it out. It's some phenomenal stuff. Uh, there will be a companion episode to mm-hmm. this episode you're listening to right now on Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, which we'll, we will be recording almost immediately after we sign off of this episode. So uh, if you could, if you didn't get enough, if you thought, I have got to hear these three people talk more about <laughs> anonymity and the deep web and, and things of that nature. Corgis. And corgis will probably somehow make an appearance. We can't promise that. Maybe we'll have worked out the corgis in our system by then. Go check that out. It, uh, you'll definitely, if you enjoy tech stuff, there's going to be tons of, of episodes on stuff they don't want you to know that are really going to appeal to you. Uh, absolutely. In that next episode I wanted to put in, we will go more into that uh, Tor thing that we alluded to, yes. the recent problems that Tor has had and, and some of the reasons why even using Tor does not completely protect you, Yes, uh, which, which is pretty fascinating and terrifying at the same time. Right. So if you want to know more about that, well, then you're going to have to subscribe to another podcast. <laughs> uh, but that's um, okay, because it's an awesome podcast, and you should be subscribing to it already. Uh, but yeah, you can find all of their content, I believe, at StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com. Yes? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Um, yeah. And uh, their YouTube channel, I believe, is... Uh... Conspiracy Stuff. We have, like, three names, because we're trying to be an anonymous show on the Internet. <laughs> yeah, it, it does help it to be able really to... really good on YouTube. ...change yeah. your identity every mm-hmm. every 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, you, yeah, you guys know that when people ask us in public, we say that we're we're YouTube. Okay, that's fair. All right, well, Which then... Which uh... is Lauren? <laughs> well, that's uh, all for our show today, guys. <laughs> uh, thanks, Ben, for wrapping up. Yeah, if you guys have any suggestions for future topics that we can cover on Tech Stuff, send us an email. That address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Or you can drop us a line on Tumblr, Twitter, or Facebook. Our handle at all three is techstuffhsw. And we'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 